Welcome to episode 579 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard. And believe it or not, I'm Richard Gunther, and this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music shows, and games. Wow. You know, I, I can't give you any crap for, for missing a little bit of time. You missed, <laughs> you missed time for great reasons, and I also missed time. I feel like it's been many, many weeks since we've recorded this show. I think it's only been one, but it feels like it's been eternity. Well, it's only been one... I think you recorded solo yeah. last time. Yeah. And it's been three weeks since you and I have recorded together. Right. And that's because I was moving. Right. Which and is an so, excellent reason to take a little bit of time off from the podcast. I needed a little bit of time. It gave me an opportunity to explore some new media stuff, which we'll be talking about. And kind of anticlimactic, we're recording and I'm in my new studio space in my new home and we're not even doing video this week because yeah. this week's been a little too crazy it's been a week friends <laughs> it's been a week <laughs> so uh hopefully we'll be back with the live show next week maybe but next week is also kind of a crazy week so uh richard and i will talk about that ahead of time and see if we can figure out something that works because i do want you all to be able to see richard's studio also because it looks pretty cool pretty cool all right, so let's get into the show. Uh, despite the fact that it's been two weeks, there really hasn't been that much news, so this might still be a fairly short show, or maybe not, depending on how long Richard takes to tell us about all of the things <laughs> going on in his entertainment center at the end of the show. We do have a piece of listener feedback, though. This was sent into our inbox at entertainment20 at thedigitalmediazone.com. Richard, what did Rob have to say? Yeah, this is from Rob W. And he says, Evening, gents. I was wondering if either of you know an answer to my predicament. Both my kids and I have just reached our limits on the number of ads YouTube is injecting into their videos to the point where we're just spending less and less time on the service. I've looked into YouTube Premium, but thought of paying $18 a month just to remove ads is completely unrealistic. I have no interest in their second-rate music service, and we get Apple Music for free through our Verizon plan anyway. Do you guys know of any other service that Google offers for a lower price to just remove ads from YouTube, and that's it? The idea of paying more than Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and ESPN+, Plus combined, is a non-starter. Thanks for any help, and love the show. Oof, yeah, I, I feel you, Rob. It does seem like the the YouTube ads have just been increasing more and more and more over the yep. last few months, for sure. Yep. And and to be super clear for our listeners, uh, when when he says that he's not willing to pay $18 a month just to remove ads, he, he does point out that like if you give them $18 a month, it isn't just to remove ads. That's just the only feature of YouTube premium that he cares about because it does include YouTube music. He doesn't need right. that though. And it also allows you to like download YouTube videos and for offline playback and things like that. But if all you care about is getting rid of ads, your only option, unfortunately, this is the answer, Rob, unfortunately, right now, your only option, as far as I could find, is to pay the $18 a month for YouTube premium. And it actually gets a little bit worse because I'm betting that 
uh, you and your children don't share a YouTube account. So you might have to do the YouTube premium family plan, which is now I don't remember. It's like $24 a month or something like that. If you want all of the individual accounts to have all of those benefits also. So that stinks, but there's a little bit of hope. Maybe uh, I've, I've got a link to this. We'll put it in the show notes back in August of last year. Uh, the Verge was reporting that in a couple of countries in Europe, they YouTube was trialing out a, a another option for for YouTube Premium called YouTube Premium Lite, and it did exactly what you're talking about. All it did is, and I shouldn't say did because I think it's still being trialed by people, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> all it does, yeah, all it does is remove commercials, which sounds great. The Verge and other articles that I, I found about this pointed out that, you know, r- removing commercials is like one third of the features, maybe one quarter of the features that you would normally get out of YouTube Premium, but you're paying close to half as much. Like, I I, I mean, this is all in, you know, European conversions, so it, it's going to be a little bit different, but the the numbers don't quite add up. I don't think you care. You just want it to be less right. if they were to bring YouTube premium light or whatever they might call it to the U.S. It sounds like you might be willing to do it, even if it's $8 a month. Would you pay $8 a month? I I, I might pay $8 a month. It's getting a little ridiculous. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, most of the other premium services, or I should say streaming services that have advertising in them. Like Hulu or Paramount Plus, right? Discovery Plus, yeah. Peacock, they offer the non-commercial version for something around five to six dollars more in mm. most cases. So right. the idea that you're spending eighteen dollars just to get rid of commercials, yeah, <laughs> I feel right. you. That's nuts. Yeah, you're not getting any additional content or anything. All you're getting rid of is commercials if you're not using any of those other things. So, Rob, we feel your pain. Unfortunately, we might not have an option for you here. Uh, But if anybody else has any suggestions other than like, well, I use this Chrome plugin to block like that. We're not interested in that because it's not, you know, it's kind of not legit and it only works in certain circumstances like if I'm using YouTube and and Rob is too on his TV and mobile devices and all of that, like you just want a simple solution for everybody's device in your family around the entire house. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the news, Rob. Thanks for that message. And, and uh, we look forward to hearing uh, from other listeners in future episodes. So let's move on to the video news for the week. And our first story is a follow-up, and it's the kind of follow-up that we were looking for because a few weeks ago we mentioned that the NVIDIA Shield TV recently got the Shield Experience 9.0, which is, confusingly, the update to Android 11.0. Not 9, but 11, whatever. Figure that out, NVIDIA, to make this a little bit less confusing. But that was the case, and we were like, yeah, who cares? Like, it doesn't really give you that much. Don't rush out and install it. And what we really said was definitely don't rush out to install it if you're using your Shield as a Plex media server. Because if you weren't super duper careful, 
you were going to break things. And most people broke their Plex media server with it. So when we announced this and, and discussed it a few weeks ago, we said that NVIDIA and Google were working on fixes for it. Those fixes are now out. And so now you can download the Shield Experience 9.0.1 update, and it fixes the problems with NVIDIA Shield TV. It fixes uh, problems with local video players, like if, if you had local videos stored on a storage card and we're trying to play them in VLC or something like that, that didn't work. Emulators didn't work. All sorts of things that needed to to read from local storage didn't work. All of those issues are in theory fixed. Now, along with a bunch of others, including a, a video corruption error with YouTube TV and some other fixes regarding HDMI and HDMI CEC and some other ones that are a lot more specific and niche that might not impact most people. So we'll, of course, have a link in the show notes to the full article so that you can see what else was fixed in this release. Um, but this is good news. And now maybe I'll finally install this update on my NVIDIA Shield because I've just had this huge banner on the home screen saying update to Shield Experience 9.0. And I'm like, just fix it. And then I will. Right. 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 Uh, so great, great news for everybody. What I don't know because I didn't update it and break my Plex media server in the process <laughs> is if it will fix your, your Plex media server, or if you're going to have to go through the process of reinstalling it and resetting up after, after this is installed, but the fix is out there now. So you you can move, move on with your life and have a functioning <laughs> Plex media on server. With your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. This other one, I, this is a service that I find really interesting. It's coming back. It, I mean, if if we want to be super pedantic, it's not actually a service that we should be talking about on Entertainment 2.0 because this is a show that helps you watch your stuff at home, basically, or on the go. But this is this is MoviePass that we're talking about. MoviePass, you might not even remember because it's been dead and bankrupt for so long at this point. It, it was a service that originally, oh, that's not even entirely true because it's gone through like 7,000 different variations. But the version that everyone remembers was you gave them $10 a month subscription and you would get free tickets to use to go to the movies. And the version that everyone remembers was for 10 bucks, you would get a ticket that you could use every single day for the entire month. So you could have 31 movie tickets for the month if you're going to the movies every single day. Uh, and it was bonkers. It was, it was bonkers. Just bonkers. Like how anybody figured that was going to actually be a viable business model at any point in time, no matter how you were figuring you'd somehow supplement or monetize that. It was bonkers. I just, I don't understand how they survived as long as they did. Yeah. You know, I, um, when I was working on the notes for this, I, I was like, well, I, I know they went out of business. They must have went out of business during the pandemic when everything else related to movies went out of business. That wasn't the case. They were mm -hmm. done in 2019, like end of right. 2019. Yep. 
So they, they couldn't even blame the pandemic. It was just the fact that they couldn't come up with a viable business model. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> right. So they've got new ideas and they're, uh, I, I didn't want to put this in the notes, but I, I feel like it's necessary so that everybody can roll their eyes in unison that they're using <laughs> Web3 technologies for the new version of MoviePass that is going to return <sighs> this summer. Yep, Web3. I don't even know what that means, really, because uh, it doesn't sound like this is cryptocurrency and all of the other craziness and NFTs and whatever the crap Web3 is. I'm just kind of annoying that whole buzzword right now until I can't anymore. And so it looks like they're still going to be attempting to do basically the same thing, but with theoretically a slightly more viable way of doing it. So instead of just paying a flat fee per month and that gives you a ticket to spend or something like that, it's going to be a credit system. So it is an uh, essentially an alternative currency. You're going to give them some money. They're going to give you some credits. Those credits will be redeemable for movie tickets, but maybe your regular monthly subscription might not be enough credits to buy a ticket on a Friday night opening weekend for the movie. Details like that are still being figured out, but that's what it looks like they're going to be doing. And you might be thinking, so I have to buy more credits to supplement my monthly subscription? Maybe, but you're also going to have this glamorous option. You can uh, <laughs> participate in the, a what they're calling a pre-show experience. And that experience is, you guessed it, watching more ads. And you might be thinking, well, that's easy enough. I can open up the app, set it on my desk while it plays a bunch of ads. No big deal. That's not going to work here because apparently part of Web 3.0 is getting super creepy with things and they're going to have eye tracking built into the app so that they can see that you're actually watching the ads. Oh, you know, like it yeah. sounds like I'm crapping all over this and, and I kind of am, but I want this service to happen now that I live seven minutes away from a movie theater. I want to go to the movies a lot more often and something like this is exactly what, what I want. So what do you think, Richard? I mean, I think this is interesting. I think this is a much more viable model for your average movie goer. This makes more sense. The daily pass thing never made sense to me. I know there were movie buffs who we're loving it because it meant they could go to any movie at any time at any theater, pretty much any theater, and pretty much, you know, not have to pay anything but this $10. And when they started realizing that, okay, this doesn't work, and then they started scaling things back, oh, the outcry. Well, I mean, think about this. How did this make sense, right? And then when they went bankrupt, oh, the outcry. Well, <laughs> What did you expect, right? This seems realistic. This seems like something that they could make into a product that more people would be interested in, not just the 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 crazy movie buffs. And I don't mean crazy as in your crazy people, that, that they're like like crazy fans. They're like yeah. serious, serious fans of movies. I think you need to appeal to the broader audience. And this is likely going to be able to do that. The thing that always kind of caught them, I, I think, is that 
you had the AMCs and other theaters like that that were pushing back against this. So it'll be interesting to see what the response to this is. Do the big theater chains, AMC, which now has like a nice influx of money, thanks to, um, what do we call it? Meme trading? I don't even know what you call it. But they were smart. They took advantage of that. And they're doing okay could they be doing something similar to this that would compete? And then maybe we see a real ecosystem of a movie subscription service that could help rejuvenate the industry. And believe me, it needs some rejuvenation right now. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Because was it movie pass that also got you discounts on concessions or was that one of the competing services? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I can't really remember either. But you know, I, I've I've always thought, that, oh, I don't I don't need the discounts on the concessions. But why not? I get popcorn and a, a Coke slushy every single time I go to the movies. Well, right, so. and that is where the movie theaters are making their money. Right, right. Which, in my very altruistic heart, that's the only reason I'm actually buying popcorn and and a Coke slushy. It's not because they're so delicious and. <laughs> Oh, right, it's sure. so that I can help keep them afloat. Absolutely, <laughs> you want to keep big theater alive. Exactly. I, I mean, I do. I do actually want to keep them alive because I enjoy the experience. But that's not why I'm buying popcorn. That's way overpriced. <sighs> okay, so Richard, we we've also got some news out of one of the companies that you just love talking about more than most of the other companies <laughs> that that we talk about on this show. Yeah. Yeah, Viacom CBS. Remember when we talked about them renaming to Viacom CBS and how <laughs> unoriginal that was and how crazy it was that this was the nth time? I have lost count. So, full disclosure, as I often have to do, I owned stock shares in CBS. Or was it Viacom? Or was it CBS? I forget because they kept changing it. <laughs> And my stock in this company is so old that I have physical stock certificates that I had to trade in for new ones <laughs> multiple times <laughs> because they changed the company name. It's bonkers. And then they became Viacom CBS. Well, now they are renaming to Paramount, which makes complete sense. It sure does. It sure does, because Paramount is the movie theater, or not movie theater, movie studio, and it's the name of their streaming service. Paramount Plus is the name of their streaming service, right. which like, I, I think you were able to keep that straight, being a, a stockholder and, and all of that, maybe, and someone who just loves to poke fun at anything that, that CBS does, but I could barely remember who owned Paramount Plus. So oh, uh, right. this does help clear that up a little. Yeah, no, this is a really, really smart move. In my opinion, this does not mean that their properties, the channels that they have are going to be all named Paramount. CBS no. is still going to be CBS. If you're looking for CBS studios or for CBS, the channel in terms of the content that it offers online or in a, a linear TV. Right, for sure. The the other thing that that came out this week as as other Paramount news has been hitting the wires is uh you know one of the properties that that 
well now Paramount owns is Showtime. That's their their biggest premium movie subscription service that they have. And they've offered a bundle of Paramount Plus and Showtime as a combined service, similar to the the Disney bundle with with Hulu Plus and, and ESPN Plus. And I kind of get something like that through Apple TV. Oh, nice. Yeah. And But the problem was, and frankly, some of these other services have the same problem, you had to use two different apps. Right. And this summer, Paramount is fixing that. You're, go- you're going to be able to watch your Showtime content in the Paramount Plus app. So, like, is it the world's biggest news? No. But it, it is a really nice thing to have because... Oh gosh, like how many apps do we all have installed now for right. all of these different no, videos? Right. This is this is such a smart move. This consolidation of their content into one place. We already saw this happen with HBO. HBO Max pulled together all this different content that was in a variety of different places. And we're probably gonna even see further consolidation with as a result of this, I think you can call it a merger with discovery networks. So at at some point in time, hopefully we're going to get down to a reasonable number of apps instead of every little hat channel has to have its own special subscription app because that was insane. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I'm glad you brought up HBO because didn't they have three service, like three different apps at one point? (laughs) Something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that that's nice. So way way to go, Viacom slash CBS slash Viacom CBS slash Paramount for actually doing some good things here. We, we <laughs> congratulate you. All right. So on to some audio news. We don't talk about headphones too often, but I I had to talk about these ones. So Audio Technica has announced some new uh, truly wireless earbuds that. The the headline is is enough to get your attention. The headline is truly wireless earbuds that get twenty hours of battery life out of a single charge, and and I mean like you pull them out of the case and they last twenty hours before you have to put them back in the case. Right. So th- that like I'm thinking twenty hours, no big deal. I get like what eighteen from my AirPods, but no, that's when I put them back in the case and recharge them. Right, exactly. And if you want to include that weird math way of of calculating your, your listening time, these would last you 50 hours. And so th- this is 20 hours of battery life if you're not using active noise cancellation, but they do have ANC that just decreases the battery life down to 15 hours, which is is pretty reasonable. And I think that if that's where the the features stopped like that would still be enough to talk about these headphones as worth you looking into but it doesn't end there they've basically got every feature that i think i would want in a pair of truly wireless earbuds they do some quick charging you know with a 10 minute charge in the case you get 90 minutes of of playback that's with anc off they support sony 360 reality audio which i i think the the closest similarity there that people might recognize is the cool spatial audio stuff that AirPods do. And these have low latency mode. So like if you're used to using 
uh, wireless earbuds to watch movies on your phone or to play games on your phone, you probably notice the delay. Like the delay with with Bluetooth earbuds is typically bad enough that you notice in those scenarios. With low latency mode, hopefully the latency is low enough, you don't notice anymore. They've got pass-through mode allowing you to, to hear things that are happening uh, around you, which is a really nice safety feature. They have multi-point support, which means you can have them paired to multiple things at the same time, like your phone and your tablet or your phone and your computer, which is really nice. They're what I guess I would call splash-proof. Like they're, You're not going to be able to swim in these, but they have the equivalent to IPX4 uh, waterproof-ish rating. Um, so, so maybe they'll survive the washer. I don't know about the washer, but at least like if you're... I don't know. Like the the washer still seems like it's going through a lot of water to me. I mean, my AirPods have gone through the washer numerous times. Really? Okay. Jeez. Maybe you should empty your pockets before you put your pants in the in the washing machine, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. But at the very least, like if if you are a heavy sweater when you're working out, like that should be fine. If you get caught walking in the rain, you're probably going to be fine in in those types of scenarios. Uh, and then if you if you're an Android user, they support Android fast pairing. So they basically have every feature I could possibly think of, and I I think the best battery life out there. Like I can't think of a pair of headphones that has longer battery life than that, and. These are available right now in Europe and the UK, 150 pounds, 169 euros. Not available in the US yet. I'm hoping yet. And I'm kind of surprised that they're not, you know, that they didn't launch at the same time in the US. I'm just going to do what I do for everything and blame the global chip shortage and supply chain issues. That's probably it. Very likely. Yeah. Uh, So if you want these, They've got a really, really easy name for you to remember. They're the Audio-Technica ATH-CKS-50TW. Should be no problem to remember that, right? Yeah, good luck with that. So, oh, man. A- AT and Sony. <laughs> oh, man. Between them, I don't know who has the worst name. Well, Samsung's pretty bad, too. Yeah, n- n- no no one's doing this all that well. Jabra's doing this really well, right? Uh, and, and, of course, uh, Apple's is super easy. But, jeez, yep. this is... Terrible, terrible. Uh, so, again, go back to our show notes if you're interested in these because you'll never, ever remember that that model name. All right, another follow-up story from CES News. And, you know, as I think about it, Richard, it's kind of weird to have follow-up news from CES in the middle of February because it seems like right. we we talk about things at CES and then we don't see anything for months. For months, months. Like, until at least the summer, right? Right. And this next product, it's still just an update. We're st- we still can't buy it yet, but we're at least getting uh, important details like the price. And it's one of the things I was most excited about from CES, and that is Dell slash Alienware's new 34-inch Quantum Dot OLED gaming monitor that they announced. Uh, the only other Quantum Dot OLED screens that were displayed at CES were the QD OLEDs uh, TVs from Sony, which were only available in 55 and 65 inches, I believe. So this is a 34-inch gaming monitor uh, using the same amazing OLED technology. And it's not 
quite, I mean, it's not 4K, but it's still darn good. It, it's a 1440p display. It runs at 175 hertz. It does do HDR 400. And the big question was, how much is this thing going to cost? Because you could have told me pretty much any really high number and I would have believed you. It's actually $12.99, which is less, a lot less than I expected for this thing. Yeah, that's not bad at all. That's actually not that much more than it would cost you to buy the stand for Apple's Mac Pro monitor. <laughs> oh, man. We, we, we still have to drag out the stand example for that stupid monitor. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I, this I is tried a to bargain. forget about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, you actually get a display in this example. Right. Wow. Amazing. So yeah, $12.99, which for a lot of people, you're probably thinking, are you kidding me? $1,300 for a 34-inch gaming monitor? This is a quantum dot OLED gaming monitor. It is going to look fantastic. And 175 hertz refresh rate. So it it's going to be really really nice for gaming uh and we still don't have a date but they're still saying spring do you do you believe them technically um, spring is up until june 20th yeah with dell <laughs> i believe them they usually do yeah. a very good job of staying on schedule i don't know if you mentioned this or not maybe this is obvious because it is a gaming monitor but i believe this is a curved monitor is it not i think it was and, and because so, most 34 inch monitors are right right and and i think that's important because if you have a monitor that's 34 inches you probably want it to be curved if it's for gaming or if it's for a desktop yeah and i believe this is a curved monitor it is so, i double checked yeah it, it i i mean i paid not that much more <laughs> than this for my 38 inch desktop ultra wide monitor. So I don't really think this is unreasonable at all. No, no, th this really isn't unreasonable at all for what you're getting. I, I think it's a pretty decent price. Even, even though you, you're going to be able to get the LG C, is it going to be the C1, C2? Now, now I'm forgetting the model numbers, but LG did announce a 42-inch version of their OLED TVs, although I, do, I still don't think we have a price on that. It's probably going to be around this price, I'm guessing, and it is bigger, sure. but it's going to sure. be 120 it, hertz, not 175. It's not going to be curved. Right, and it's a standard 4K display. It's not going to be widescreen. I mean, it'll be widescreen. It's not going to be ultra-wide. I just, I, I'm... I don't think that's a good comparison. Yes, they're coming out with that. That's great. I'm excited about that. I don't think that would substitute for the person that's going to buy this monitor. I, I think it's the only good comparison because it's another really high quality, high refresh rate OLED that's True. not TV sized. Or, I mean, it still is, but is like at the bottom of the TV sized. So, yeah, that, that's the only reason I think it's even comparable. All right, and then a couple more quick ones. So Sony announced, uh, well, or released a new update to the PlayStation 5. They The biggest new feature is they've added in voice commands. So if you wanted to shout at your PlayStation and say, hey, PlayStation, play 
uh, Horizon Forbidden West, brand new game, just came out. Uh, you can do that and it'll launch it. And you might be thinking, this is new? Really? Uh, kind of. It is on the PlayStation 5. It was on PlayStation 4 for years, but apparently that feature didn't launch on the PlayStation 5. It's available now. You can use it to launch games, open the system menu, control media playback, things like that. All of the types of things that you would expect just with a really long key phrase at the beginning of it. Hey, PlayStation. (laughs) Yeah. So you'll be able to do that on your PlayStation 5 that you'll be able to buy sometime next fall. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. For all 10 of you who have a PlayStation 5 out there, uh, you can now yell at it and it'll listen. So uh, the other quick update is from the Xbox side. Uh, So they have, well, it's actually not out yet for, for normal people. This is in the alpha and skip ahead alpha preview rings, but that just means it'll be coming to the rest of us normal people, uh, probably within the next month or so. And this is an update to allow you to control what the share button does. And you might be going, what the heck is the share button? So with the Xbox Series X and S, one of the things they did with the controller is add another button that's basically right in the middle of the controller beneath the guide button beneath the what is it menu and i don't i can't even remember what the names of the of those buttons are i still call you're them, asking the wrong person right? if you're looking at me i still call them start and select like it was an nes controller uh it, it's those it's b- below those and the the button had two main functions if you do a short press on it it records a screenshot if you long press on it it records a video it's really nice. I, I I love this button. I use it all the time. But they're going to allow you to customize it to do all sorts of different things. You can change it to open the guide, send a message. That's interesting. Search, launch a game or app, play or pause media, turn the TV volume up, down, or mute it, view achievements, friends, party, quick access settings, toggle night mode and color filters and the narrator and the magnifier like a bajillion different things you're going to be able to configure this button to do and in in three different ways the the short press the long press and a double tap so if you were listening to that tv volume one and going you just said three things but i've only got two things i can do with this button no there are three things you can do with this button so all sorts of options here i don't i don't plan on changing it because i use that 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 screenshot and and video a lot but there's some cool ones here that i definitely never would have thought of like really having a button on my controller that sends a message i'm i'm real curious to see what that is like is it a pre-programmed message so that if you're playing call of duty and you're a jerk and you have some preferred taunt to all of the noobs that you're poning constantly, like, and you can just press that button and it'll spam them with hateful messages. No, don't do that. Please don't do it. Find something else. Find something nice to say to people instead. Do that. Uh, the rest of this, like, I'm not sure that I want a button to automatically launch a game because I do know a lot of people who push this button by mistake a lot. And if I'm in the middle of a game, the last thing I want to do is launch another game. <laughs> so... But it's it's cool to see all of these options. So uh, that should be coming, like I said, probably within the next month or so. It doesn't usually take them long to roll features like this out to everybody else. All right. 
That's it for our news this week. Richard, what has been going on in your brand new entertainment center? Yeah, my entertainment center is uh, very different from my old entertainment center. And one of the primary ways that that's different is that as we were moving out and I was transferring our Verizon Fios service, which I was really glad I was able to do to this new home, I made the decision that we were not going to get cable. Whoa. That's, that's like, it's been decades since you haven't had cable. Mm. Yeah, that's a fair statement. (laughs) I mean, it's probably since I was about 12 since I haven't had cable, right? So yes, it has been several and a half decades. And I'm thinking, you know, we'll use streaming services. We'll see how it goes. No problem. So one of the things that I did was I put the, the TiVo stream back on the TV that remained in the old house until we moved out. So I had packed everything up. The TiVo was gone. All of the cable stuff was gone. But we still had streaming through the TiVo stream. Why? Because nice, simple remote. Mm-hmm. It's nice and easy to use. You can get to the services that you need. It had some linear content, like the CNN best of clips for news. and yeah, like you and I found out when we were at the beach, the This Old House channel for <laughs> your home fixer upper news and and uh, shows. So it had enough familiarity that it worked for us. And then I set that up in the new house when I saw the TV. Actually, first off, I want to share something with you that you might not believe. This part you'll believe. In the past, when I moved, the first thing that I set up in a new home was the TV. For sure. With this move, I did not set up the TV for a good four or five days wow. until after we had moved in. How did that go over? <laughs> it was just that there was so much that we had to do. And we had movers here on multiple days. With watching yeah, the I know. TV? We didn't have time. Like, because we were unpacking and moving furniture and we just, we didn't have time. So yeah, it was nuts. So eventually got the TV hooked up, put the TiVo stream back on it. And um, I figured no problem. You know, we can watch news clips through this CNN plus thing on Pluto TV. We can watch our, this old house thing, which we did. I lasted, what did I say? I think I wrote down here 10 days, but. I forgot that I didn't set up the TV for four days. So we lasted less than a week before I said, I can't live without linear TV. (laughs) Wow. And most of it was news. Like the Olympics were on and I could get the Olympics for the most part through Peacock. Mm -hmm. Although it took me a while to figure out that experience. That was the other thing. I really wanted the Olympics. I wasn't going to get that. Um, through anything. Well, anyway, let me follow up on that. Anyway, so yeah, Olympics and news. Those are the things I needed. And if you listen to a lot of people when they talk about where streaming, not necessarily fails, but where streaming falls short, it's sports and news. Right. And that was the first thing that we noticed. So I signed up for Sling TV again. Now I know y'all are yelling at, your speakers now because you're like, you hated Sling TV. Why did you sign up for it again? Because it's built into 
the TiVo stream. Right. And I figured that way we can have this integrated linear TV experience with the TV stream. I don't know that anyone else is doing that as well yet. So I figured I'd give it a try again. And I'm like, well, we're at a new address and I could use a different credit card. So I used a different email address and I signed up again. (laughs) Oh, but nope, that didn't work. That didn't work quite the way that I wanted it to because once you associate a Sling TV account with your TiVo account, even though there appears to be a way to disassociate it, there really isn't. What? You can you can sign out from a Sling TV account that is associated with your TiVo account, but you can't actually remove that account. So I try to get in touch with TiVo. Well, TiVo, under Experian, the new company that owns TiVo, doesn't offer customer service anymore <laughs> for either its legacy products or apparently for the TiVo Stream 4K. So no help there. So tonight, literally tonight, hours before we did this, I finally gave in, canceled the other like new account. I was at day six of my oh, big whole seven free days that they give you to try it out and went back to my old account and re-enabled it. So we'll see how long I go with this. I don't really know. It's going to cost me $43 plus tax, I think, each month. So we'll see how long I stick with that. There are other services we could try if we need to. Well, didn't you say that you transferred your files? I did, but not my cable. Oh, so you have Fios Internet. You just don't have the TV We have Fios Internet. Okay. And we also have phone. I don't want to go there right now. But (laughs) yeah, we we have Fios Internet and and, and not cable. So it was the service that I kept and my phone number, not the cable stuff. So, all right. So, so here we are. We have TiVo stream with sling TV again, and I'm dealing with it. It's, it's not awful, but it doesn't give me locals and I want to watch the Olympics. And I'm a little bit still befuddled by the whole Peacock experience. I really just want to turn on NBC and have the primetime experience that I would have there for watching the Olympics. And so I buy an antenna. Remember those flat antennas you would like tape up to a window and they were a big deal when they first came out, but they were terrible. Yep. Turns out that's basically what like the antenna now, when you go looking for an antenna Yeah, and they're much better now. And I got a really good one, an RCA one, which I think is now all part of that big, huge conglomerate that owns all the audio technology companies <laughs> right and for $25 i got like 66 stations coming in wow. now of course quite a lot of that is crap like the home shopping network and right. a bunch of other stuff but i have all of the networks crystal clear and in some cases i have not only the washington ones let's be clear about this i moved south of Washington, D.C., and I am still getting Baltimore stations as well, Whoa, which is amazing. 
you're going to have and, to get us a link to put this antenna in the show notes. Yeah, because right. I, I've got one of those older flat ones that I'm using, and it's okay, but I still get dropouts and stuff fairly frequently. I'm really impressed with this so far. So we'll see how it goes, but so far, so good. And conveniently enough, the TVO Stream remote has an input button on it. So I can just press that a couple times, switch to, because it's only on NBC right now, <laughs> <laughs> switch to the Olympics, and then switch back to whatever else I might be watching on the TVO Stream. So, uh, so far, so good, but not the TV experience that I expected. And I gave in so fast on not having linear content. I couldn't believe how quickly I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, for sure. All right. So been watching shows primarily through the streaming services that I have Uh, been watching the amazing race, but I'm not up to date on that. It is interesting how they handled the, uh, how they handled the (laughs) introduction of the pandemic. I guess I'll put it that way because they spanned, they started recording before the pandemic hit in the U S and they uh, were continuing after, and they continued 18 months after they started. They had an 18-month break. Wow. So clearly, everybody couldn't make it back. And I had mentioned last time we talked about this, they were going to bring back some other people. They actually brought back some of the people that had been uh, eliminated in the past, gave them another chance if they were able to join. So I thought that was kind of cool. Been watching that. Also, my big, huge, like shameful TV watch. This is worse than my normal shameful TV watch, which is Big Brother. Celebrity Big Brother is on right now. And it's actually been a lot of fun. I've been enjoying that a lot. <laughs> I am totally caught up on that. I've probably watched more of that than anything else other than the Olympics over the last couple of weeks. I've been uh, watching and am up to date on Discovery. This Is Us is back. The new season is the final season. That's really good. I should actually stop talking about final seasons, though, because you may remember I've been predicting that I thought that this was the final season of New Amsterdam, but I was way off base there because they had a season finale that clearly set things up for another new season. And as it turned out, I did some research and way back in 2020, they had renewed New Amsterdam for three seasons, which kind of never happens unless you're like J.J. Abrams. So how they pulled that off, I don't know, but there is another season coming. So I'm happy about that. And then finally, Real Time with Bill Maher is back with a new season. And um, he might have the best tagline ever on his show posters, which is Bill back better. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done, Bill Maher. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. All right. So that is how things are going so far. I'm sure I will have more updates as we settle in a little bit more. Josh, plenty. you've been settled in for a long time in your new home. So I only expect you to be talking about what you've been watching on TV. Uh, sure. Close. Almost. Um, <laughs> so in, in terms of gaming, nothing new here. Some, some NHL and some call of duty. Uh, yeah, really, really nothing else new, uh, may give 
Rainbow Six Extraction or whatever the heck the new one is called. Uh, a, a playthrough this weekend though, so check back next week on that. Uh, so nothing, nothing new and interesting on the video game side. Uh, like you, definitely some Olympics, but for me, Olympics really just means Olympic hockey. Uh, I the the day that the Olympic the women's Olympic hockey tournament started, which was two or three days before the opening ceremony, I grabbed my iPad, opened up the Peacock app, and it said, "Hey." For five bucks, you want to watch the Olympics? Yes, please. Take my fingerprint. Done. <laughs> and I was watching the Olympics in like 30 seconds. And so that's how I've been watching Olympic hockey. It's been great. I have no complaints about Olympic coverage because I can very easily watch the only sport I actually care about. So that's been nice. And uh, of course, I watched the Super Bowl. I missed the first quarter because I had other things going on that day. So I guess i missed a quarter worth of of commercials too um uh, pretty underwhelmed by the commercials yet again this year and but but the super bowl halftime show i loved absolutely loved the halftime show one of my favorites in years and years maybe one of my favorites of all time actually probably wow i, I loved it i you know i I was in high school in the 90s. I listened to Dre. I listened to Snoop Dogg. I listened to those guys a ton. Um, you know, listen to some Eminem too. Like it was, it was good. It was really well done. I thought it paid good homage to the city of LA. Um, I, I liked it a lot. Did you even watch the Super Bowl? Did, did you I did care? not, which should not surprise too many people. When I do watch it, I usually just watch it for the commercials and occasionally for the halftime show, but usually that's been disappointing. I heard a lot of good chatter on the internet about the halftime show. So I, I'm glad to hear that you liked it. I don't know that I would have because it's <laughs> not my kind of music. Right. But I'm glad that they finally got it right because they've had so many years of it just not being that great. Well, and and it's not like there was any crazy theatrics. There was no one being lifted in from cables from the roof or anything crazy like that. It was just enjoyable. And right, good. Just do that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was good. I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I've actually thought about like pulling it up on YouTube and just rewatching it a few times because it it was good. It's really good. Um, and I do have a new piece of hardware at. at some point over the last few weeks, I decided to buy some new uh, wireless earbuds. This was before I saw the news of those Audio Technicas that were announced <laughs> uh, that sound like my dream headphones, uh, but these were also cheaper. So I've been rocking the Jabra Elite Active 65Ts for probably three years now, and I've liked them, but the battery life has been decreasing, obviously, for especially over that amount of time. Um, and I had a weekend where I could, I think it was the case I lost. I could not find the case. And I i joked with Jen, I'm like, I, I, I guess I just need to go buy some new ones. And she's like, so go buy some new ones. And I'm like, what, really, seriously? And, uh, you know, I... I said, well, I mean, if I do, it'll be the surefire way that I'll find the case. Um, 
I'm sure I'll find the case as I'm walking in the door from Best Buy. It didn't quite, I didn't find them quite that quickly, but I did eventually find the case, pass those earbuds on to Jen. Um, So I got the Jabra Elite 75 Ts. They're not the brand newest ones, um, but they were also under $100 and they're still a lot better than the previous ones that I already really liked. So longer battery life. It's like seven hours, I think, battery life. They have active noise cancellation, which my old ones didn't. They do multi-point, so I can have them paired with my phone and my iPad. And they the case charges with USB-C instead of micro-USB. I'm trying to rid my house of micro-USB. So uh, I'm, I'm loving them. They're great. They're I I don't I don't like give full on reviews of these types of things because I pretty much exclusively listen to podcasts out of one ear with my wireless earbuds. So if you want to know how they are for music, I don't know. I don't really listen to music through them. I use much better headphones for listening to music or giant speakers. So I can't give you a great review from that, but. In terms of just your general purpose everyday uh, earbuds for listening to podcasts, whether you're running, walking, doing chores, working out, whatever, these are great, and I love them. So that's the Jabra Elite 75 Ts. Something I've been curious about with these, I don't want to call them off-brand, but <laughs> but the headphones or earbuds that are not the same brand as your phone mm-hmm. or the same ecosystem as your phone, is how well do they work as an accessory to your phone? Like, can you do stuff like accept a call with a tap? Can you do mm-hmm. stuff like call up your assistant and give it a command? So you can definitely just answer with a tap or um, like if you, if you don't even have them in, you can pull them out of the case and stick it in your ear and it'll answer. Um, I think, I think the voice assistant stuff would work, but I I don't use the voice assistant on my phone very often. Um, okay. If I am using the voice assistant on my phone, I'm almost definitely in my car, and then I'm not using the earbuds anymore. I'm just using the, the Bluetooth car receiver stuff. Why not, Josh? I mean, you get a much better audio experience. I watched some guy driving today <laughs> with full-on headphones on. Yeah. Full on big cans yep. while he was driving. I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, the, uh, what do you need to hear while you're driving, Richard? It's not like there are emergency <laughs> vehicles or anything like that that you might need to hear while you're driving. Right. right. Uh, don't do that, people. If you are one of those people, stop doing that. It's not safe. Please stop doing that. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's it for what's going on in my entertainment center. I... I really, I mean, I always look forward to what you're doing, Richard, but now that you're in a new home and stuff, it's going to be really fun to to check in with you in this segment over the next few months to see what you do and what you buy and what you're doing. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. And kind of speaking of that, uh, just I have a quick announcement. I know I mentioned that Home On is coming back and I fully anticipate that that will be back on schedule in March. In the meantime, We have a new episode of the Smart Home Show coming out. Adam and I are going to be recording an episode this week about my experience of moving out of a smart home. What do you need to think about? How do you need to prepare a smart home for its next owner? 
what do you need to keep and and do for yourself to make sure that you have the accounts and the services and everything that you need if you're going to take them with you to a new home. So I hope everybody who's interested in smart home stuff checks that out. It has been quite an experience, and I have learned a lot. <laughs> I bet. I bet. All right. Well, uh, if if you'd like to get a hold of us, there are a lot of ways you can do that. But you should start by just going over to the website, www.thedigitalmediazone.com, where you can find all of the show notes. Every single thing that we talked about tonight will have links to all of it. And uh, you can get all of our contact information. But if you'd like to find us quickly on Twitter, Richard is at Richard Gunther. I'm at Josh Pollard. Very easy to find us that way. And the website is at DigiMediaZone. Also, hopefully next week we will be back with the live show when things are normal for us, that's Tuesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. But follow us on Twitter to know for sure when the next live show will be, because that's going to do it for episode 579. He's Richard Gunther, and I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios. Goodbye.